A house for the season. Gentleman's residence. 67 Clarges Street, Mayfair. Furnished townhouse. Trained servants. Rent, £80 sterling. Apply, Mr. Palmer, 25 Hoban. It was possible to rent a house in a middling part of the town for £80 for a whole year, but in Mayfair, where one could expect to pay at least a thousand pounds a year rent for unfurnished and unstaffed accommodation, the sum of eighty pounds for the few months of the season was very modest. Most hopeful mamas arrived in London some time before the season began to lay the ground for their daughters coming out. Therefore, anyone in the ton knew that a house rented for the season included two months before and at least one after. The season began at the end of April and lasted until the end of June, when most of exhausted society followed the Prince of Wales to Brighton. Mr. John Rainbird, butler of number 67, stood out on the step and gloomily surveyed the Stygian scene. Life had looked so promising last season. Their tenants had been so generous that Rainbird had planned to buy a small pub in Highgate and take his family, the rest of the staff, with him. But while they had all been away from the house at Fiona Sinclair's wedding, their money had been stolen. All suspected Jonas Palmer, but they had no proof. So, instead of glorious independent freedom, they were all still chained to the townhouse, as chained as the iron dogs on the steps at Rainbird's feet. The long wars with Napoleon raged on. A quartern loaf cost one shilling and ninepence, and the starving poor died daily in the streets. The servants, who were paid only enough to keep body and soul together, foraged for what they could. Only that morning, Angus MacGregor, the Highland cook, had set out to walk to the country beyond Kensington to search for firewood. Mrs. Middleton, the housekeeper, genteel daughter of a curate, had plucked up her courage and gone to Covent Garden to see what vegetables she could find, and little Lizzie, the between-stairs-come-scullery-maid, was at the baker's to see if she could purchase a loaf of stale bread. The chambermaid, Jenny, and housemaid, Alice, were indoors, dismally cleaning and polishing the empty rooms, for Jonas Palmer delighted in surprise visits, and would walk from room to room wearing a pair of white cotton gloves, with which to run over every ledge to make sure there was not even one speck of dust. Rainbird sighed and shivered. Joseph, the tall footman, minced up the area steps and came to stand beside him. The two men looked into the shifting fog in silence. Joseph was tall, fair and good-looking, his round blue eyes fringed with fair skimpy lashes that were his private despair. Rainbird was much shorter than Joseph, with a sinewy acrobat's body and a comedian's face. He had a pair of clever sparkling grey eyes, which usually shone with good humour, but of late had been as dull and sad as the weather. He brushed it away. A pox on this weather, he said his voice high and affected. It does give a fellow the blue devils. Perhaps you might not feel so bad if you stirred yourself to do something, said Rainbird sharply. Have you cleaned the silver? No, said Joseph sulkily. 
I'm tired of cleaning the damn stuff. Then do it now, said Rainbird crossly. Remember you and I are in a worse position than the others, should Palmer take against us. Both men had been dismissed from tonish houses for crimes of which they were innocent, but they had been declared guilty, and Palmer always threatened to broadcast their misdemeanours should they not jump to his every bidding, which would mean that neither would have the hope of finding employment ever again. It was perhaps this shared misfortune that made Rainbird tolerate the effeminate and often waspish footman. Rainbird was also perhaps the only person who saw the shrinking, sensitive creature under the affectations. Dave isn't doing nothing, whined Joseph. Dave is cleaning out the chimneys. So he should, sneered Joseph. Seen as how he's.